This is the Roots Student Ministry Podcast. We are based in Southern California, and our mission is for students to connect, grow, and go in their faith alongside other believers. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle CSM Roots. Now, let's get into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome to our new series called Prism. And this is our Easter series as we lead up to Easter in a couple weeks. And so today I wanna to start by sharing something that most of you don't know about me. A lot of times I forget that I was actually, it was actually part of my life because it was just like so long ago, but I used to be a tuba player. And not just any tuba player in the band, but I was like an all-star tuba player, seriously. like. I went to the University of Washington when they had an all-star brass weekend and I was on it. And I spent weekends playing my tuba in the Seattle Youth Symphony. And I also spent one week a year playing the all-state band. And one year I even played in the all-Northwest orchestra. Like I was one of only two tuba players, which, which means I was actually one of the top two tuba players in six different states. Like no one really knows this about me anymore because this really isn't part of my life anymore, but that actually happened. And this got me thinking about all the things that we don't know about each other. So this week we posted on a question on social media. What's one thing that most people don't know about you? And we got some ones that are fun and others that are challenging and that some of you are going through really hard things. And I want you to hear some of the answers and some are challenging things that most don't know about that, that most don't know about someone, like my second grade teacher forgot I was in her class because I was so quiet when I was younger. Or maybe one of you said, uh, I'm, I'm hard on myself to the point that I break down. And another of you said that you're in deep depression right now. Others have some fun things that most don't know about you, like, like one of you said that you love interior design. And one of you said that you're a good runner. No one really knows that about you. And it's kind of amazing to think that there are always things that people don't really know about you, right? I think we all have things about us that no one knows. In some ways, everyone, uh, every person is like a prism. Remember these types of things in science class? At first, it just looks like a piece of glass, right? Nothing crazy special. But every once in a while, when the light just hits just right, like all of these colors appear below it. And all of a sudden we, we see things that we couldn't see before. And in the same way, we can't know everything there is to know about someone just by looking at them. Because the truth is, even if you know plenty of other people and other people know you, we can all still feel, uh, and we all still live with the feeling that nobody really knows us. So here's what I mean. We all experience loneliness at times, right? Whether you have close friends or acquaintances, a, a crowd to hang out with or a few people, a constant stream of communi communication on Discord or just a few texts here and there, there are times when it's easy to feel like, number one, we don't really fit in. Or number two, no one really knows us. In fact, there's an actual research about this. Just this week, I read a survey of a bunch of middle school and high school students. And on the day of the survey, 40% uh, of them said that they felt lonely or disconnected from others most of the time. So think about your classes at school and picture just 10 people. At least four out of that 
10 feel disconnected from other people most of the time. So think about it. Think about it this way. In this curtain right here, for most of us, it can feel like there's, there's a barrier between us and other people. And so we kind of feel stuck and we kind of look behind like, hey, I, I know those people, but really there's still this barrier. I mean, sure, we can, we can hear what's going on over there and we can see people, but there's something between us and them or between me and just everybody else over there. And with that said, I want you to know that there are two things that are true. Number one, everybody feels this way. Literally everybody. The popular person, they feel lonely and disconnected at times. The person with lots of friends, them too. The dating couple that just always seem to be around each each other, they feel lonely at times. And the single people, them too. And this isn't just a teenager thing. Every adult in this room would, or who are watching or anybody who's around you would tell you that we experience it too. The feeling that we're disconnected or somehow separated from others is pretty common for most humans. And number two, we're all pretty sure that it's not supposed to feel this way, right? Isn't there something in us that feels like we're not supposed to feel disconnected from others? Something in us tells us that we're not meant to live feeling alone or like an outsider. I can't explain it, but we feel it. We weren't created to live like this. And sometimes we can feel that way about God too. For some of you, you feel or have been taught that God is close to you and cares about your life. And others of you have been taught or felt like God is just far away. He's distant, maybe even behind the curtain. He's cold or abstract, which isn't helpful when you're already feeling disconnected from other people. So if God's disconnected, like that's not helpful. And the idea of Jesus sounds nice, but let's be honest, as incredible as it is to know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, it doesn't always feel helpful when I'm disconnected from everyone and alone on a Friday night. It doesn't always make us feel better when we want to be known and feel connected beyond surface level interactions with others. In the same way that people are like prisms, Jesus is too. When you take another look beyond what you know about Jesus on the surface, there's more than meeting than meets the eye. Not to mention a lot of people have ideas about who Jesus really is and why he came to earth. Those conversations come up a lot around this time of year because Easter is what we celebrate the moment and the meaning of Jesus's death and resurrection. So to kick things off this Easter season, as we're leading up to that big Easter Sunday, we're going right to that moment, the end of Jesus's life. But first, let's talk about the culture and the community that Jesus lived in. So Jesus lived in ancient Israel and grew up in first century Jewish culture, which is just a fancy way of just saying that the people Jesus was around every day were very religious. Uh, A huge part of life for them was this building called the temple. And we're going to talk about that for a minute because it, it will help us see something incredible about Jesus later. So the temple was basically the core of Jewish religious life. However, religion was a part of all aspects of their lives, what they ate, the rules they followed, how they dressed, how they treated other people. Because because of that, the temple wasn't just this building that you went to occasionally, like, oh, like maybe some of you in church. 
but it is the hub. The temple was the hub for community and culture. It was such a big deal. And different parts of the temple were for different people. For example, if, if you weren't Jewish, you had to stay out on the outside area in the temple courts. Women, even in, if they were Jewish, they could only go in so far. Jewish men could go inside, but certain places were off limits if they weren't part of the religious order. Kind of like being on a really special part of like the staff or something. Priests, they could go the most places, but only on certain days. The whole thing was built so that people kept their distance from the center of the temple, which was called the Holy of Holies. It was sectioned off by a curtain. In fact, even the most important priest was only allowed to go behind the curtain one time per year. Why? Well, this area was a reminder of God's presence in heaven and on earth. And the curtains represented a separation between God and humans. It, it, kept, it kept separate what was sacred. God was sacred and the humans stayed behind it. It was kind of like a large museum. There are some things that people were allowed to touch and interact with, but the most valuable stuff was behind the glass, behind the curtain. There's, there's no way that we could even get close to that thing at the museum. And that's kind of how the temple worked. And the Holy Holies was like a part of the museum that no one could even enter. And the point is, the culture Jesus lived in had a lot of separation. And that sense of disconnection that you and I have wasn't just a feeling for the Israelite people. It was a physical reality. People were separated from each other and they were separated from the place that represented the presence of God. So how do we get from that to Easter? And this whole prism idea, Many Jewish people hoped that Jesus would help the Jews conquer their Roman oppressors by leading an uprising and trying to gain power. And instead, the opposite happened. The Romans, they arrested Jesus for made-up reasons. They took him through a shady court system that framed him, and then they sentenced Jesus to death. Matthew, a close follower of Jesus, reported what happened next in Matthew 27, 33-37. It says they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the school. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Crucifixion or hanging on the cross is an ancient form of torture that the Roman Empire used not just to kill people, but also to scare everybody who was watching so that they did it in a very public way. It was awful. Not only was Jesus brutally murdered, but the people who did it, they mocked and insulted him in the process. And as he died, let's check out what happened in verse 50 through 51. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So remember that curtain that we were talking about that separated God from everybody else? 
the curtain was ripped apart, torn from top to bottom. How did God do that? I have no idea. But what I know for sure is that the message was clear. The days of separation were over forever. In one moment, Jesus changed everything. He made it perfectly clear what his life was all about up until that point. There is no separation when it comes to you and God. No curtain, no court, no wall, nothing. You may feel distant from your friends and family, but God is close. God's always there. You may feel like other people don't know you or want to be close to you, but God does. You may feel like you have to be good or well-behaved to be around God, but you don't. Nothing you do or don't do can separate you from having access to the God who loves you. Jesus turned the world upside down, defeating death and tore the curtain from top to bottom to prove to us that we are meant to be close, not separated or alone. So think of it this way. One of the things that Jesus wishes you knew and never forgot is this. You can be close to God. You may feel disconnected from everyone else around you, but you never have to be disconnected from God. There's no curtain between God and you. Jesus came to show us God is there. He's close to you no matter what. And as for today, what does this idea of Jesus closing the gap of separation mean for us? For some of you, this idea, this idea may be totally new. You have never considered closeness with God something that you could experience. You have, you have only ever experienced God as this distant, this far away and unreachable God. Today, I want you to begin to reconsider what Jesus' life and death prove to be true. You can be confident that because of Jesus, you can be close to God. For those of us who are Jesus followers, it's our job to treat other people like they can be connected to Jesus as well. Do you believe that Jesus' work was good enough to bring down the curtain for everyone or only just a certain group of people? In the same way that you may feel disconnected, other people have, have times when they feel alone and unknown and unloved too. And you and I have an incredible opportunity to let them know that they can be close to God. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we have life groups here in Roots. So we can remind each other that even when we feel disconnected, there's no separation between God and us anymore. And you can be close to God. Will you still long for community and friendships? Yeah, because God wired you for other people and that's a good thing. Those relationships are important and we should pursue them, but God is close to us and understands even better than people can. Our own emotions will tell us that people don't get us. When those things happen, let them remind you that you have a God who wants to be close to you and who has made a way through Jesus for you to never be alone. So let me pray. Father, just thank you so much for your goodness for sending your son and for Jesus to give up his life for us so that there is no separation between us and God, that we can have a close relationship with God. So may we dwell in that and understand it more just by spending time with you, God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.